0: Time out on the WYSL Stations is brought to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.
1: This is the Time Out Radio Show on WISL, episode number 192. And we're listening to Leonid and Friends do a cover of One Fine Morning. One Fine
2: Morning, go wake up. sleep from my...
1: Nice little Chicago cover band out of the, uh, I don't know, can you still say, you can't say the USSR anymore. Just Russia, right? It is Russia. They're out of Moscow. Yeah, nice band. And they might fan-
0: fantastic job. It, 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 probably when you tuned in and you heard this, you thought this
1: was Lighthouse. Lighthouse. They were out of the Toronto See area, I think, right? They
2: right? were. They yeah. were. Of
0: course, the lead singer with the, you know, butter-thick Russian accent kind of yeah. gives it away, but... These guys are fantastic. Yeah. Very impressive. They fly. They know how to fly. They do Chicago. uh, They do Lighthouse. And they've also done great uh, Tower of Power covers.
1: Yeah. Sure. Woo! Here we go. Oh, we're going to cut it off, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's going to end this file, so... Oh, well, that's sad to see him go. That's the build up. Now, what's the letdown? You're, you're left with Nozzle and Superstar, and we're going to try to uh, do a show today for you, show number one ninety two. So let's set the table. Um, looks like uh, the goddess of spring is starting to uh, generate some positive psychic energy upon the Western Finger Lakes region of New York State. It's uh, we're we're above average today. I don't know. I'm feeling above average. How about you? Yeah, well, absolutely. And by the way, we're not going to try to do a show today. We're going to do a show today. We're just going to do it. Failure, failure is not an option. All right. Yeah. So um, we've got Carrie Bounty with us today. Not quite yet, but she will be on the line after the tidbit. And if you recall, she works at the Pet Pride Cat Adoption Shelter in Victor on Route 251 in Victor. And We're going to find all about all, find out all about all those kitty questions you might have in your mind. And I know you've got a lot of those, superstar. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, look, cats are fine, and uh, I respect people who like cats, but they're just not for me. They're mysterious. They've been around yeah. for a long time. I bought a book recently on cat stories and cat history, and there's one Turkish punishment for an adulterous woman. They would uh, drown her in a sack with a live cat just to make things more miserable, I guess. What about the poor little kitty? Exactly. He why not do anything wrong. Why we to sacrifice the cat? I know. <laughs> oh, jeez uh yeah, so I don't know this is let's let's see um uh, this show started in June of twenty twenty and part of the concept was we're not going to talk about covid didn't even want to say the word so we don't we don't do politics, religion uh pandemics, things Contro- like that controversy so. no controversy It's just sit back and relax, put your feet up in front of the fire. And uh, enjoy the show. So, I don't know. We've got this feature called a tidbit. Are you ready to roll with it there? I am ready as ever. This is Dan Erickson. He's going to be talking about the train show family. Here's the latest timeout tidbit. Welcome back, Dan. Dan Erickson's in the studio. We're talking model trains. And what are some of your favorite aspects of the model train hobby I have here. Did we want to talk shows? I mean there's buying, selling, swapping, repairing, running.
3: Well, in in general, my uh my enjoyment of, you know, doing the train shows is that uh train shows are to me like an extended family. You know, you have customers that you sh- see at all the different shows. And even if they come up to the table they like to say hi and how's things going and they might not even buy anything from you but it's it's not always the whole idea of it. And then I have all my train buddies or friends that set up at the train shows I've known for years, and we're just like a little family. We're always keeping in touch and and uh, talking about things. And besides trains, and just life and family and everything else, so it's nice to have that little contact with other people. And you kind of miss seeing them if when the season ends for the summer, you look forward to the fall to, to catch up with them again a little bit. Um, The other thing I like about train shows, and this is how it helps I do when I'm selling things, is that somebody walks up to the table and I comment about the hat that they have on, if they're a veteran or the patch they have on their coat or the type of coat they're wearing. I see if they have Harley Davidson or they like Chevrolets or and or they got a a train they just purchased in their hands, and I I open up the conversation by saying, "Oh, I like your hat," uh, or "Thank you for your service," or uh, "Where did you get that train?" And then they start talking about, it and they and people start to lighten up because you're actually you know communicating with them and interacting, and you're taking an interest in the person. Well, they like it. If you're taking an interest in them, maybe I'll start taking an interest on in you and what you have here. And they start looking around and, oh, I didn't see this the last time I walked by. And I know it's it's the kind of thing to you're using to gain a, a sale, but I genuinely like to just be able to, you know, to talk to the people and take an interest in them. And you build relationships that I've have customers I've had for years and years and years. And I think, you know in a lot of ways if it it would work with any situation you had in life, so that's one thing I really take from a train show
1: uh so all these people that you've um you know you you've you've done business with for so many years uh what have you let me just ask you this what have you learned about human nature what what kind of patterns uh you know do you see uh do some people does everybody respond the same to your your questions and your you know, your your level of interest or you know, do you see people that
3: you know that doesn't work well with or how does that go? Uh, very few people it doesn't work with. Most okay. people seem to like, you know, you taking an interest in them. And I think that's the fault of some of the guys that's or people that set up a train shows. They're sitting there with their arms crossed in their chair and leaning back and talking to one of their buddies or, you know, some of them are sometimes sleeping or they're eating their sandwich and people are looking at their stuff and they don't even pay any attention. And I buy a lot of stuff at a train show, so I walk around these different tables and I even get a little, you know, myth that they're not even acknowledging me. So I think most people like to be acknowledged and I think it works with most people. Very seldom have I ever had anybody you know just look and say poof and walk away. They just generally they they take the time to to look. I've
1: noticed uh, at at different shows that like train uh toy shows, I mean, uh where in the beginning it's kind of quiet and it's a little stiff. And then, you know, you make your rounds, maybe do the rounds a couple of times and and people seem to loosen up. Do you find that it takes a little while for people to, you know, you want to you want to do a lap. You want to do one lap first, you know, like uh, people like, well, if you're really interested, you want to take that home today, I'll make you a deal on that. And, you know, I always say, well, I just got here. Let me think about it and I'll go around and, you know, chances are I'll buy it the next time around. Do you see that, too?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. Of, I even do the same thing, <laughs> you know. Not too much, but it, um, it's it's funny too. Is like there's a lot of people that come around and all oh, I just got here, and I'm kind of interested in that, and I'll be back. And they walk away, and two steps behind them, somebody walks over, picks it up, and hands it to me. Say, "I'll take it," and they come back a half an hour later, and oh darn, it's gone. <laughs> well. I, I tell people it, I guess maybe it's sarcasm, I say, Well I'm not a museum, I'm here to sell stuff and
1: uh And you've told me you you have good luck with that too. A lot of the other vendors come over and say, gee, how come you know your table is so busy? I guess that's probably due to you pricing things to
3: sell, right? Yeah. I, I know what I paid for it. Um I and what I offered and what I have into it, and I price myself accordingly. And other dealers come and say, well, you could get this for it. You could get that for it. Well, I could be also taking it home with me. I try to be priced-wise so that it's it's fair to, you know, uh, that I'm making a little bit and somebody else is, is thinks it's fair to purchase it, and they take it home with them. I'd rather see it go home with somebody than for me to pack it up and take it back home. Um So that's basically how I try to price things. Sounds good
1: to me. All right, Dan, thanks for coming in today. All right. Thank you. And there's more where that came from. We sat here a couple weeks ago and maybe uh, ripped off five of them. So, you know, if you like that kind of thing, stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe, and uh, it helps the station. No, just kidding. Um, I'm thinking about what the YouTube creators always say make sure you like and subscribe no but you know you can provide us with feedback we do welcome that yeah we do tell us
0: uh, how can they do that uh they could go to uh let's see uh let's go
1: to Mm. info at wysl1040.com sounds good to me all right we'll be back on the other side of the break talk to carrie Labounty from pet pride in victor where they have a cat shelter stick around
4: selection, security, and satisfaction when you shop at Victor Chevrolet. Now, release a 2024 Chevy Trax 1 RS front-wheel drive. Just $189 a month for 24 months. Get the cold weather safety and capability of a 2024 Chevy Silverado LT Crew Cab for just $359 a month for 36 months. And then, there's the 24 Chevy Equinox all-wheel drive LT. Only $199 a month for 27 months. $2,500 cash or trade equity at closing. Tier 1 credit approvals lessee responsible for repairs and maintenance must have lease and household for all these lease deals conditions apply get details a dealer all factory rebates incentives and discounts waived whether you drive a chevy or not trust your vehicle to our chevy certified service department and check out our great used inventory too. come see how easy it is to do business with us together let's drive at victor chevrolet route 96 and victor visit Victorchevrolet.com.
0: From Avon Feed and Supply, just in time for wet and winter weather, Shod Waterproof Footwear. There's a big selection of DryShod for men and women. Its exclusive insulation breathes and keeps you warm without bulk, and you'll stay dry top to bottom with state-of-the-art waterproofing. While you're at Avon Feed, find everything for your pet, from feeding bowls to toys, leads, collars, beds, food, and treats. The Avon Feed and Supply Frequent Flyer Program feeds your feathered friends in the cold weather, and for every 10 bags you buy, you get one free. Avon Feed & Supply has what the big pet chain stores will never have, Tim Cole and his great, knowledgeable staff. And if you think you'll save money at that pet superstore, well, think again. While you're at Avon Feed, don't forget the two-legged pets with River Rat Thousand Island Cheese, once again Nut Butters, East Hill Creamery Products, Monday Mustards, and Rickles Pickles. Open weekdays 9 to 6, Saturday 9 to 4. Avon Feed & Supply, West Main Street, at the bottom of the hill, just west of the circle.
1: Stop, look, and listen. It's getting colder outside. Is your layout a train wreck? Get on board and visit Leafs for model train supplies and get back on track. That's Leafs Sales and Service, your source for model train supplies. Located at 9328 County Road 14 in West Bloomfield. Open Tuesday through Thursday 9 to 6, Friday 9 to 5, and Saturday 9 to 2. Call Leafs today at 585-624-4295. That's 585-624-4295.
0: All Seasons Wine and Spirits, your local and locally
4: owned store, supporting your neighbors and our community. Always save at All Seasons on cases of your favorites. No sales events necessary. All Seasons Wines and Spirits, voted best in Livingston County, 255 Main Street in Avon.
5: Timeout radio show on the WYSL station.
1: Yeah, we're back and we're talking today. Our interview guest today is Carrie Labounty from Pet Pride of New York. And they're located at 7731 Victor Menden Road in the town of Victor. And uh, how are you doing today, Carrie?
6: Good. How are you?
1: Great. Thanks for coming back on the show. Um, so I've got some new questions towards the end of the, the questionnaire there. If you, Hopefully you saw it, but let's get, in case somebody doesn't know about you, let's just talk about, uh, what type of shelter is pet pride?
6: Yeah, of course. So pet pride is a no kill cat, oh, cat shelter. So the kitties that we take in, um, you know, as strays or as people can't care for them, them anymore, they stay there until they get adopted.
1: Okay, and you had some recent expansions. I know we covered this the last time too, but uh, are you are you doing in-house surgery now, or is that still kind of in the future?
6: No, we did. We started on um, this year we did um, we tripled our cat space, so we've helped way more kitties last year um this year than last year already, and we built a surgical suite in, and we were able to do a little over 400 surgeries at Pet Pride, which is a huge success for us and saves us a lot of money to be able to help more kitties.
1: Would that be 400 in a month?
6: No, no, um, over the year, oh, over oh, oh. in 2023.
1: Oh, okay, all right. And so what does that mean? So somebody brings in, let's say I find a stray cat and it's, it hasn't been spayed, so, so take us through that whole process. What happens to the cat now when, when they, uh, you know, when it comes to your front door?
6: Yep. So um, they'll bring it to us. We'll do an admission, get as much information as possible. Um, we have a vet tech on staff that will do an exam, uh, look at the kitty, see if there's any health problems. You know, anything that needs to be addressed, we'll update the kitty on vaccines, check for a microchip, and then um, we do have two vets that volunteer their time right now to stay and neuter pets. So we have certain days a week that they'll come in and we'll put the kitties who need the surgery on the schedule and they'll get done right at Pet Pride. So before we were transferring them to different places, which now alleviates, helps us have more time with the cat, less stress with the cats that we do it right in-house.
1: And talk a little bit about the, the, the cats that come in um you know, uh, for adoption, are, are a lot of them feral? How, how many cats are out there in in the community? Are there, you know, you don't see them that often. You know, sometimes you're driving out in the country, they're outside, you know, farmhouses tend to let their cats wander outdoors, and you'll see them in a field looking at something ready to pounce and things like that. But uh, just give us some of the demographics. Are a lot of them completely wild, and are there are there tons of them, and, and, and why is that, and what would you like to see people do differently, I guess, with their cats?
6: Yeah. So what we're seeing right now is there's definitely an overpopulation problem um, because people are still not able to either afford or don't know the importance of spaying and neutering. And we see a high demand of stray cats um, in the city of Rochester. Um, but then you also have your rural, like farmhouses that people think, oh, I'll drop off my cat there. It'll be fine. They'll take care of it. And then they're not spayed and neutered, and they create, you know, kittens over there that way. So really, you may not see them, but, you know, I've had some. I live in Farmington, and people are like, oh, yeah, I'm on the street, and I have a mom and litter of kittens. It's just random. Um, unfortunately, that in this area that we still have this overpopulation problem is why a spaying neutering is so important, because they can have a litter of kittens and then literally have, get pregnant again um a couple months later
0: yeah and they can be impregnated by the offspring too
1: isn't that isn't that true correct
6: yep
1: so let's talk about that a little bit so how okay so a cat is born as a cute kitten how long before it reaches sexual maturity and starts having its own kittens
6: so the earliest typically is a, around six months they'd have to go on their first heat cycle but that's when if someone calls me and say, oh, I had a litter of kittens, and I'm like, well, how old are they? And they're like six months, and I'm like, well, we need to get, you know, we need to help this situation because if there's females and males in that litter, they will have a litter of kittens on themselves. So one litter. If you have two boys and three females, you could have three other cats that are pregnant, going to have babies, and that situation can escalate very quickly.
1: Yeah, and, and since we're on the, the topic, when is the be, busy season for kittens? And I guess because I'm stupid, why is there a, a season for kittens? I mean, don't cats, like, do it all year long? I mean, why, why is there a season?
6: Yeah, so typically the season is, well, I would say when I started, you know, 15 years ago, it was... Spring, like March gets nice out and then it ends right at Thanksgiving and that tends to still be the high population season for kittens but now we're seeing that we've had kittens all year round it does die down but it does still happen and I honestly the weather when it's nicer the cats are out and about more so they're more looking for a mate than when we have like this winter we haven't really had those cold months where the cats are really hunkered down somewhere so we're going to see a higher population of kittens and then unfortunately since covid and a lot of that shut down we've seen an increase of cats that weren't spayed and neutered people can't afford them anymore or weren't able to get them spayed and neutered and they're having increasing this population also
1: so a female is fertilized how, how long does it take before the kittens come out
6: about 60 days
1: 60 days Wow! That's oh wow fast cycle. There's that's I can see why that's a problem now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So go ahead, superstar. Yeah, I was just gonna say.
0: So uh, you know, uh, having had feral cats in the neighborhood, uh, one place where I lived, I know that they are. uh, First of all, you can't tell them from domesticated cats, for one thing. Uh, They they look identical, uh, at least in my experience. And and then the other thing is they're very wily, because uh, these cats, you know, they they live on their own they've they're used to making their own way so that makes them difficult to capture if you wanted to take one in to, to uh, have it spayed or neutered uh, so i guess maybe you don't neuter cats i i don't know uh, but yeah. you do uh, so so what's the best way to try to get hold of one of these critters and and uh, and prevent this you know wildfire of kittens from happening
6: right so um we work with a rescue that specifically trap-neuter-release, which these are for those feral cats that, you know, we always ask people, if you found a cat, can you pick up this cat and pet it? Because typically, if it is potentially a feral cat, you won't be able to do that. You know, you cannot put your hands on, uh, you know, a wild feral cat who's never been socialized to humans. These trap-neuter-release programs use the have-a-heart traps that you've probably seen with, like, wildlife, and they use them the same way. With these feral cats, as they establish, they leave them open with food, and that's their only food source, and they make it look like a cozy den, and then they will trap them and have a surgery set up that next day for them, and then they'll release them within 24 hours.
1: Okay, you mentioned the uh the ID tags, the surgically implanted, I forget what the term is for it there, but oh, microchip. Microchip. Uh, what what kind of information is stored on that about the owner? Just the name, the address and stuff like that or can you put an email address on there or what?
6: Yeah, so when you adopt a kitty from us, they're all microchips, and we um it will have their name, address, two phone numbers you like to add, you know, emergency contact also um, and their, you know, main number and then an email address. We've had cats that come in with microchips, and all that information is helpful because a lot of times people move or update their information but don't update on the microchip. So we'll go through, all right, let's try to call them. That doesn't work. I'll send an email. If that doesn't work, I, I've sent letters, and I've actually got a hold of people that way still. So.
1: And also circling back to your trap, neuter, release. So if I'm, you know, trying to be a good citizen and there's a stray in my yard and I think, yeah, I've got to have a hard trap that I could use, is there a way you uh, physically identify them? Do you take a little piece out of their ear? Or can you? do you know, can you tell uh, if you're looking at one of these cats if they've been through that process? Yeah, you're right.
6: They do ear tip these. P&R kitties that are feral so if you do see one in your yard we always ask people does it look like it has an ear tip because that could that means that it's been trap and released already and someone is caring for it because these cats can travel pretty far um in search of food and you know other things so it's not unlikely that they are cared for um so we always tell people to look for that ear tip too
1: yeah, I'm a cat fan. We've got two cats. You probably they came through your place, and uh, they're yeah. do, they're doing well. Uh, sometimes they give each other the evil eye, but they're um, <laughs> you know there are moments. But uh, in general, things are going really well. Uh, do you recommend keeping cat cats indoors exclusively? That's the key word. Why or why not?
6: I always say that I want the cat to be happiest, and if you start out with a cat and. it's the only thing this cat knows is indoors. I think that's the safest plan, you know, away from the elements of cars, wildlife, you know, anything they can get into outside. But if we have these cats that come in a strays and they've gone outside and they want to go outside, you know, sometimes you can't just stop that from happening and it can cause them more stress. So I think it, it's situational depending on the cat and their um, history.
1: Now, when you when you uh, neuter a male, is that going to stop him um spraying in the house, you know, like that there's that perennial problem there?
6: Yeah, so when they're little, we want to neuter them as soon as possible because we don't want them marking that territory. Older cats, older males who aren't neutered, they it does tend to stop, I would say most of the time, but sometimes they can still spray. So it's not 100%, but definitely that neutering can take that want to mark their territory and bring their, you know, hormones down from wanting to mark territory from other cats or other animals. I wonder
1: how much of that is just habit, too, even though the hormones are less. They're just True, like, hey, yeah. this is what i Yeah,
6: Technically, yeah, that could be a, ha- a habit that they grow used to also if it's not done till later. You know, if they're a couple years old, it's definitely harder.
1: Right. Did you have something...
0: Oh yeah, I was just gonna say <clears throat> from my own experience with feral cats, you know, the the have a heart approach is. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, it's it's tough to trap these guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, as as much as as much as you might, you know, want to get them and everything else, it it can be a frustrating experience and take a while.
6: Yeah, I agree. I had um right near me a mom and kittens, and I had to ask one of them. Um, County caregivers, a, a local TNR group for help because we couldn't trap. I, we couldn't trap. Not normally something we do, but I asked them for help, and we had to use a drop trap, which is where you have to wait and then pull the string when they get under the trap because they would not go on a regular trap. So there's so many different ways, and it's like the science that they have, and they, they're so smart when they do it.
1: Sure. Yeah, so how many cats would you say is good a good number for the home? I guess it depends on the size of the home, Right.
6: Yeah, a couple factors. Um, Technically, they say, you know, 18 square feet per cat, but I think it also depends on the cat personality. Like, I think lazier, not as outgoing person. Like, you know, we have had a cat in our shelter who is just up on his hyper play level. You know, he wouldn't do good in a, a studio apartment, but a different cat, maybe his same age with a different personality would do okay. But there is this rule out there that says, you know, 18 square feet per cat. Um, but also, I think it depends on the, you know, the cat's personality, too.
1: Right. And there's other considerations, too. As as you know, uh, my wife, uh she I always wanted a second cat, or I kept bringing it up, and she'd say, well, where are we going to put the extra litter box? So there's, they've got to be separate feeding areas, because one might you know, try to dominate and eat the other cat's food and, you know, they need separate litter boxes and stuff like that. Are are those valid considerations and are there more if you were advising somebody about getting a second cat?
6: Yeah, so I've had four at a time, sometimes more when I'm fostering, and I usually say one litter box per cat. And my cats, you know, I have different litter boxes. They are next to each other, but they were able to share them. But that's not always the case. You're right with every cat. So um, they usually say like one litter box on each, each level of the house. Um, you kind of have to watch and see: are they sharing their food next to each other in different bowls? Do they need to have separate areas? And same with the litter boxes too. But it's always good to have a separate area because you never know. If you have five plus cats, sometimes you can't keep track of who's bullying who away from things.
1: Do you have a uh, in your adoption process? Is there a can you take a cat home on a trial? And how how long should you monitor? Uh, well, it could be the first cat, or maybe you're trying to bring in a second, or wh- who knows, even a third cat. I mean, how how long is a no- is a good amount of time to 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 watch them? It, you know, like in our case, when we brought home the, se- the second cat, the first one, we didn't know she knew how to hiss and growl until that time we brought the little kitten home. But then it was, I think, within 24 hours, they were sleeping with each other. You know, uh,
6: yeah, that's really fast. That's really great, actually.
1: Yeah, it worked out well, but is that typical?
6: Um, oh. With younger cats, yes. I would say that we tell people how to do the introduction, and we always say if you have issues, call us. Um, we don't have a trial base, but we're always there to help support them along the way. We've definitely had people, you know, it could take a month, it could take longer than a month sometimes with um, adult cats who have kind of like have their personalities put in place, and they're like, what is this new cat doing in my home? That can kind of cause a rift that would take longer than, you know, a kitten who's like, I'm cool with whatever is going on. So I would say at least, a, you know, a month to really have things settle, and sometimes it takes longer than that.
1: hmm We're talking with Carrie Lebounty from Pet Pride of New York, and they're at 7731 Victor Menden Road, also known as Route 251 for your local Victor Menden people. And they've got a really beautiful facility, and they run a no-kill cat shelter. So here's kind of a a trippy question. So do cats bond with humans, or do they just tend to zen out in their own dimension,
6: man? I definitely think they bond with humans. You know, we've had cats at the shelter who people come to meet them and they're like, nope, totally blow people off. We had a cat um, who was living at the shelter for a year. He really did not. He bonds with like one volunteer, not many people. And this one guy came in to meet him and he crawled right in his lap.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
6: you know, I think those some of those cats, they pick their people. And there's definitely a bond and Something between people and cats, you know why they pick them, they let them pick them, and um, especially when you live in a home, you know I have two fourteen-year-old cats, and they are they're they were my cats before kids, and they are with me all the time.
0: <laughs> so is it fair to say, Carrie, that there's there's a cat for every person? It mm-hmm. might just definitely. take a while.
6: <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow, you're you're hitting every question we give you right out of the park today. You're fantastic. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for coming on again. So um, before we run out of time, let me ask you, are there any interesting or unusual stories or situations that come to mind? We try we try to ask this to every guest, and I know you've been on several times, and we've probably asked you that several times, but anything in the recent past that stands out, something funny or unusual? You
6: know, it's funny. I prepared for this, and I asked my staff to brainstorm with me because I knew you were going to ask this, so... I had a few, but this one comes to mind. It it starts out sad, but it ends up, you know, a happy story. We had a woman contact me about two cats that were stuck in an apartment, and they had been there for a week without anyone knowing, and the only reason they found out they were there was because they had opened the fridge, and the fridge and the freezer started melting, and it leaked to the bottom apartment. So the landlord went inside because the bottom tenant was complaining, hey, there's a leak upstairs and I can't get a hold of the tenant. He went up there and turns out the guy had gone to jail and left his cats, and his cats were stuck in this apartment. So oh, they had reached out um, asking for our help, and we were like, yeah, sure, bring them you know, right over. Um, they were really scared, beautiful kitties. Um, um, Frankie and Tom, we named them, I love like real people names for cats. <laughs> um, they weren't fixed. We got them fixed shots all oh, they turned out to be wonderful cats and they both got really great homes so it turned out it was sad in the beginning but we were able to help them pretty quickly and find them home so
1: you know a good human name that i think works well for you know it would be a good cat name or how about a turtle how about a turtle named gary isn't that isn't that kind oh, of funny you know
6: that is funny or i've named a cat gary before
1: have you it's have like, you seen a cat gary
6: Yes, I had a foster
1: kitten. I named Gary.
0: Well, there was like, there's a, there a uh, um, let's see on uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and there was a pet.
1: Well, I can't remember oh, what it the was.
6: Oh, snail. snail. The snail named
1: Gary. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. I love it. Was he kind of laid back?
6: Yeah, he was. Um, he was just like out of the litter. He just had that personality where I was like, oh, he's such a Gary. Like I don't know why I came up with that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we got uh, Honeycrisp is what you were calling her. And she's going to be two in May. So when we went there, she was the smallest kitten either one of us had ever had. And we went into the playroom. And it was filled with, uh, you know, little bouncing balls of fur. and But this one kept, she would play with that thing you put in the center of the floor, and the arm goes around, and they hide under it, and they play with it. And every time she stuck her head out, she would look right at me. She had fantastic eye contact. I said, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> so we, uh, we tacked on the name Shuko. Uh, that's a little tin plate uh, toy. Uh, uh, Shuko, so we call it. Her full name is Shuko Honeycrisp. She'll she'll be two in May. She's she's adorable. Aww. Another thing that happened with her too, and you you probably wouldn't uh, notice it, but for the fact that we take pictures, obviously, and and she developed quite a uh, like a ruff around her neck, a big fur thing, and she's like a medium haired cat. You know, I got a comb her frequently and. So I'm her. I'm her hairstylist now. Every day she gets a little quaffing, but yeah, she's doing I saw well.
6: The picture she like has like a lion tuff. It's yeah. really
1: cute. Yeah, yeah. I did send you that, right? You saw that? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Honeycrisp, and of course Honeycrisp was my favorite kind of apple. So it was, you know, it was a it was a relationship made, uh, you know, wherever in heaven I guess it was great. So Carrie, uh, as far as as far as the overpopulation
0: that you, you mentioned that at the beginning of the interview, are we making any headway on that? Do you think are we cutting down on the on the number of strays and and uh, un, unwanted reproduction, if you will? I th-
6: you know I think so. I feel like every year. Um, we do a little bit more, but I feel like all the rescues and, and shelters all do their part, and we're definitely making strides in the right direction. Um, I think COVID really set us back a little bit, so I think it's going to take us a few more years to make that dent because, like we said before, they can make, you know, the kitten population can come out of control so quickly, so it's hard. It's going to take us a little bit longer to get out of this deficit of um, all these stray cats that were. Unfortunately, let out um, during that time.
1: And to follow up there. You've also got a. Uh, it's not an adoption. What is it? Foster. The fo- talk about the foster homes you have. How many? How many uh, houses are there in the community that 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 ho- house cats waiting to be adopted?
6: Yeah. So we have about thirty-five homes. That this is all a volunteer-based program. That when we have um, pregnant moms or moms with newborns or just orphan kittens, bottle babies, anyone who is not old enough for adoption yet, they take them in in their home and do everything, care for them, love them, socialize them until they're ready to be up for adoption and spayed and neutered. So this really helps us get them off the streets, get them vetted, keep a close eye on them, and get them perfectly ready for their new home.
0: So is there, a, is there let me ask you this, Carrie, is there a, a frequency of foster fails where, you know, the, the the foster just ends in adoption, and that's it.
6: Oh, all the time. I mean, I've done it, too. That's how I, have all my, I got all my cats over the years. So it does happen, and family members fall in love, and cousins, and, you know, we love that because it makes our job easier. Um, you know, adopt them out faster so we can help the next kitty.
1: I know there's a lot of misconceptions about cats, and I remember your answers a couple of times. But let me ask you, what have you learned about cats yourself?
6: You know, I always, growing up, I always thought that cats were just, you know, cat. They slept all the time. They did their own thing. But really, working with cats and being in the shelter, they have such unique personalities that each cat is their individual cat. You know, um, I can tell you, I walk through the shelter, and we have 80 cats there, right? And they'll be like, tell me something about this cat. And I'm like, oh, this cat loves this toy." Or, he only likes this type of food or you know it's just so interesting how different each cat can be and have their own unique likes and dislikes
1: yeah there there are interesting differences our one Emma um she she's a licker she when she's showing you affection she gets on you and she starts yeah. you know making biscuits or whatever you call it kneading you and she she licks you to death and then the other one you know never does that and the other one never even comes up on you. you she, we always say that she's um, like knows jujitsu. Like she lays on her back and she's like, "You try to pick me up to see if you can." <laughs> too
6: funny. Yeah, I have a cat that drools when they're happy. Like just weird things that you never knew a cat could do. Um, you'll find a cat that does it.
1: <laughs> yeah, superstar does that too, don't you? Oh yeah, well, yeah I'm known for that. <laughs> <laughs> so how how many cats do you have, Carrie?
6: Um, me personally,
1: yeah.
6: I have two, um, I had four, I've had five at one time, but over the years, you know, I've only have two right now. They're both 14.
1: Okay. Um, you know, I've, I've exhausted my questions. Why don't you just talk about the adoption process then? So you, you come in, you can visit with the cats and take us through that whole process if you would.
6: Yeah. So, um, a lot of the times we'll have people look on our website. We have about 40, or 50 cats up for adoption at a time, and people will fill out apps or they'll walk in. Um, The application process is just a couple questions about you, um, what you're looking for in a kitty, um, your plan for the kitty, um, and we kind of talk you through what you're looking for so we can kind of match you best with the cat. Um, We get the cats already. they're spayed-neutered microchip update for your vaccine, so that's all included in the price for adoption The kitties um, are all roaming free in the shelter, so a lot of people like to come and spend time um, with the cats to see who really speaks to them and what they're kind of looking for. They can see them in a home setting to see what their real personality can be like before they take them home.
1: Yeah. Um, how are we doing on time over there? I'll probably wrap it up, i say. Wrap it up. Okay. Carrie, thanks a lot for coming in again today, or talking to us, I should say, and continued good luck, and, uh, you know, congratulations to you, um, and uh, good luck at the shelter, and, you know, continued in-house surgery and hopefully you keep the place staffed. I, I think that in general Rochester is kind of there's a there's a, a dearth of uh, vets available right now but that's a different topic for a different day. So thanks a lot for coming in. Maybe real quick do you want to give us your uh, your the, the shelter's contact information?
6: Yeah definitely. Um, you can give us a call anytime we're open every day at noon, closing at five. Our phone number is 585-742-1630, and you can always email us at info at petpride.org. Anytime, any questions, feel free to reach out.
1: Okay, very good. Thanks a lot, Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Great chatting with you again. Take it easy. You bet. All right. Bye-bye. And, oh, yeah, those little furry things, little furry critters, they're nuts. They're nuts. They're lovable nuts. So this is... The original, pastime paradise, not gangsta paradise. But, or um, Amish paradise. Um, yeah. We're, Weird Al. Weird Al. All right, we'll see you on the other side of the break. We'll do the comparoscope.
2: Spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. Been spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. Been wasting most of their time glorifying. And wasting most of their days In remembrance of ignorance So disgrace Tell me who are them? Will come to be How many of them Are you at me? Dissipation Grace relations Consolation Segregation Dispensation, isolation, exploitation, mutilation, mutation, discreation, information to the evils of the world, and The day that sorrows lost from time. We keep telling of the day when the Savior of love will come to stay. Tell me who will come.
5: All-new Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram gives you an assist to get through this winter. Save 25% below MSRP on a 2023 Jeep Gladiator Mojave 4x4. There are 11 to choose from. Release a 2024 Jeep Wrangler 4-door Willis 4 Xe convertible. Only $319 a month for 36 months. 7,500 miles a year. 2,500 cash or trade must have lease loyalty. A 23 Jeep Grand Cherokee altitude is only $379 a month for 39 months. 7,500 miles a year. 3,500 cash or trade must have lease loyalty. Or check out a 23 Jeep Renegade Latitude SUV 4x4. Just $239 a month for 39 months. $2,500 cash or trade. 10,000 miles a year must be conquest or returning lessee. First payment, DMV, taxes and fees due at signing. Other conditions may apply See dealer for details. We are here to fully serve Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram customers in Victor, Canandaigua, Macedon, Fairport and Finger Lakes. Visit the most beautiful new vehicle sales and service dealership in the area. Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. 6484 Route 96 just east of Victor. Debunking
0: advertising from the law office of Christopher Johnson. One ad some injury attorneys inundate you with, what's your case worth? Call us and find out. You know, nobody can tell you, quote, what your case is worth over the phone. Nobody knows. The ultimate answer to, quote, what your case is worth involves weeks or months of research, evaluation, and preparation. Many factors go into any compensation you might get, like applicable law, who's actually at fault, how much insurance coverage there is, and many, many other factors. At the law office of Christopher Johnson, the singular focus is getting your life back on track after an accident or injury. That takes money, and it helps when the advice and legal advice you get has a one-on-one focus informed by straight talk. Christopher Johnson, attorney, car, truck, motorcycle accidents, personal injury, and DWI defense. Call 585-415-3803. 585-415-3803. Tom Wall's team member, Emily.
6: We don't want you to stop in for a Tom Wall's haddock dinner. We want you to stop in every week for a haddock dinner and bring your family. We like hearing your family laughing and enjoying themselves. They bring joy to our restaurant. Crispy golden haddock, hot crispy fries, and just made coleslaw. That's what we bring to the table. Now you, you make it a family tradition. Tom Wall's
4: good, good.
2: Share the good times Tom
4: Hey, if you like history and you like airplanes, the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York, is the place to go. Tours, exhibits, events, vintage aircraft, and more. Visit NationalWarplaneMuseum.com for more details.
5: Time Out Radio Show on the WYSL stations.
1: That's Freddie King. I'm going down. I think we did a comparison on that with uh, the Jeff Beck group. No, 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 I think the the best one, though, is Freddie King. I love that version right there. Yeah, it calls for you know, uh, you know what. It sounds raw. Wet your whistle, folks. There's still some time to party on this show, so um, the next thing we're gonna do is called what is it? What is oh, it oh yes, uh,
0: that's a cue. All right. It's another WYSL time out compare
1: And that's a side-by-side comparison of an original or early song recording and a popular cover of the same song. Today we're featuring I Want You Back, and this one was recommended by Don Redwood. And so the song is the first national single by the Jackson 5. It was released by Motown in October 1969 and became the first number one hit for the band on January 30th, 1970. It was performed on the band's first television appearances on October 18th, 1969, on Diana Ross's The Hollywood Palace, and on their milestone performance on December 14th, 1969, on The Ed Sullivan Show. Let's listen to the original Jackson 5 doing I Want You Back. 1969, I think Michael Jackson must have been all of them, around 10 or 11. I at think that he was time. 11, yeah. I Pretty amazing. That's right. Little kid, little squirt. Uh, Jackson 5, later The Jacksons, is an American pop band composed of members of the Jackson family. The group was founded in 1964 in Gary, Indiana, and for most of their career consisted of brothers Jackie, Tito, Jermaine, Marlon, and Michael. They were managed by their father, Joe Jackson— The group were among the first African-American performers to attain a crossover following. Okay, so the cover today is Lake Street Dive. We did a comparison with them last week, too. This is from 2012. And Lake Street Dive is an American multi-genre band that was formed in 2004 at the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston. The band is based in Brooklyn and frequently tours in North America, Australia, and Europe. On YouTube, their Jackson 5 cover of I Want You Back on a street corner has received more than 6 million views. Its viral success helped promote the band's visibility and popularity. So let's listen to it.
2: you around those pretty faces always made you stand out in the crowd but someone picked you from the bunch one glance was all it took now it's a much too late for me the taste.
1: So that's the cover today. So since we don't have the guest in the studio, I'm going to have to uh, – the spotlight is f- crashing on Superstar. And first I want to know, where were you in 1969? Were you DJing? Do you remember that song? You know,
0: I'm, I'm so funny that you say that because I was remembering exactly where I was the first time I heard I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, of course. Uh, and I was – I was – I been a sophomore at Ithaca College. And I worked at night at WELM in Elmira, uh, and I was driving to my job the seven to midnight shift down there, and I was going down route thirteen south of elmira uh, or south of uh, Ithaca, heading for elmira and that song came on the radio, and I cranked it up i couldn't i couldn 't believe it was, uh, I thought that 's one of the best motown songs
1: i 've ever heard, oh wow. It doesn't say who. Well, it says it was written by the. No, it doesn't say who was written. I'm wondering if this was actually written by the members of the of the Jackson Five or not. I don't have, have any information yeah. on there. So, uh, which version of the song do you prefer? I do we have to ask? Um,
0: Lake Street Dive, uh, actually. Okay, well, the the vocal, vocals are fantastic. Love the vocals. Uh, the, the, it takes a while to, for you to get into it because it's a little bit slow to start with because it's just the bass line and everything. But once she gets wailing, I don't know who the
1: yeah she's got lead, a great voice. Lead
0: singer is, but uh, she's fantastic and and uh, it was great. I, 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 a nice adaptation.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a different song. Um, so I'm going to ask myself, so what version did I like? I'm going I'm to go with the Jackson 5 just to keep it balanced. It's just a completely different song, and I, I like the energy and the the upbeatness of the Jackson 5's original 1969. So um, let's see. Writing for all music, music critic Matt Collar wrote of the album... The, uh, the Lake Street Dive album. This is buoyant, fun music that comes that combines the group's jazz, pop, and R&B influences and showcases Front Woman's Rachel Price resonant soulful vocals. So that's it's true. Rachel, Rachel Price. Soulful, that's a great word for it. Yeah, love it. Love it. So that's the show, folks, show number 192. And uh, we're going to have another fun-packed show for you next week. So uh, hope to see you then. Thanks for listening. Time Out on the WYSL Stations is brought
0: to you by Victor Chevrolet and Victor Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.